Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Worried about the state of Social Security? Well, you've got great news coming up because in our studios is one of the renowned experts in Social Security, Ms. Heather Schreiber. Stay tuned. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do them that have it. Get more of it, the less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. You know, whether you're retired or retiring soon, Social Security is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make in retirement. Uh, as a retirement specialist with 35 years in the business, I've seen a lot of people have a lot of confusion and make a lot of mistakes regarding Social Security. And at Tony Walker Financial, we realize the importance of this decision in how to claim Social Security. That's why... In the studio with us, in our Louisville studios, is one of the renowned experts on Social Security, someone whom I've recently met and thoroughly enjoying getting to know, not only because of your knowledge, just because you're a great person, Louisville native, Miss Heather Schreiber. Welcome to back to Louisville, to the Louisville studios here today, Heather. Well, thank you so much. Glad to be here. And you're actually, you hail now from Atlanta, but I, I understand we've got your sister in the studio, Sarah. It's been a pleasure meeting her. So before we get into today's program, it's, it's some good ones, folks. So whether you're retired or retiring soon, uh, we've got some information from one of the leading experts on Social Security and retirement planning. So you're going to want to stay tuned. But uh, tell us a little bit about your background and Louisville and also a little of the history of your family uh, you and uh, Sarah were riding around this weekend and you're sharing some things. I didn't realize you had such a history in Louisville. Yeah, we do. So our whole family is from Louisville originally, born and somewhat raised here, moved to California um, through high school um, and ended up in Atlanta. But really our history is all in Louisville. We have, in fact, we were running around because my great-grandfather um, worked for the Sealbach Hotel for 50 years, never missed a day of work. So we went sort of on a historical tour this weekend. We went to the Sealbach. He worked in the Rat Skeller. Um, What's that? It's, it's this um, beautiful, it's all encased in clay, I've been told. It's down sort of in the lower regions of the hotel, and he shoveled coal there for, I mean, 50 years. Wow. So um, it was really neat to go back and kind of imagine what it was like when he was there. So... You know, the, speaking of imagining what was then and what is now, I always think about my granddad. I talk about him a lot. He started with Bell South in non 1932, retired in 78 with a pension, and no, absolutely zero concerns about Social Security. So things have changed a little bit, haven't absolutely they? Absolutely changed, absolutely. So we met, real quickly, we met at a conference. You were one of the main speakers, and that's where, what was this back, just two or three months ago? Yeah, March. Well, you know, you probably saw my personality. I came up, asked the guy who was there, do you mind if I ask her to come to speak? He's like, well, whatever. So let, let me set the stage here. First of all, folks, uh, Heather does not work for Tony Walker Financial. You're an independent consultant. You're not here to try to sell anything. You're just trying to sell everybody on the notion that Social Security has changed a lot, a lot more factors to consider, and it's such a key role in retirement planning. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I have a, a passion for educating people, particularly Social Security, of course, is a huge part of the retirement puzzle. And, you know, when I travel around the country, sort of my charge is to help consumers understand that that decision, while it's incredibly important, it really needs to be sort of folded into the entire retirement income puzzle. And so it's helping them become more aware of the things that they should be considering, the things that they might uh, be missing out on in terms of, you know, things like longevity, um, how, the, how the, the benefit is calculated, things that you really need to understand to make a decision that is right for you. And every decision is different. You know, people say, well, when should I file? There is no one right answer for that because everyone's um, situation is completely different. And so, you know, I usually say, hey, if someone's telling you, you know, every, you should file at 62, you should file at 70, you should always, you really need to run from that because it really is a very unique decision that requires a careful consideration of a lot of factors factors outside of Social Security. And so my charge has always been helping consumers understand and appreciate the things that they should be considering in their own situations. Well, and, and hearing you speak, see, I got the tenor of that. And that is a big obstacle we have in the retirement planning business because people get on the internet or they talk to people socially or they hear some guy riding down the road on the radio who's very dogmatic and do this, don't do that. And we fight with that all the time. You know, there is no one size fits all, right? You have to understand people's situations. And then your expertise and what we're trying to do from the retirement planning, we tailor a plan that meets their specific goals and objectives. So same thing with Social Security, whereas our grandparents really didn't worry about that. I guess they just kind of took Social Security. There wasn't any worries that Social Security might go broke. They had a low-key lifestyle and just kind of enjoyed retirement. I'm assuming that was... Well, exactly. Actually, you were saying your grandfather, uh, did he retire and pass away very shortly? He did. So yeah. here's the irony. Okay. Uh -huh. He worked for 50 years, obviously paid into Social Security. He retired in January of 1962 and died in August at the age of 65. Gosh. Well, when Social Security came back, was, was created back in 1935, 65 was an average life expectancy, right? So he never even really got to, he barely had any months of, of collecting before he passed. And so that's why we do have issues now with the trust funds that I'm sure you've read about. So, you know, we're living longer, so the challenges are different. The, obviously the lives, lives were simpler back then. So, you know, there's a lot more challenges today than there were back then when our great grandparents were, were taking social security benefits. Yeah, it's funny, we, um, in that documentary, we tried to go back and trace Social Security. I didn't know much about the roots, but like I said, in 1935, and back then people said, why'd they choose 65? I said, as good as I can tell, the politicians didn't think anybody was gonna live that long. That's exactly <laughs> it, really, that's exactly it? it. And then I say, politicians, that's why they make lousy financial planners. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, listen, before we take a break, because we're gonna get in the meat of this in just a second, folks, so stay tuned, but I would like to address, this comes up all the time, Heather, and you just touched on it a minute ago. Uh, you know, I get Billy Bob and Martha coming in. Great people. They sit down. They're nervous as heck about retirement. Maybe they've been laid off or they just decided to call it quits. And they admit, Tony, I don't know a lot about money. You know, can you help me with my 401k? Can you do this? Can you do that? We can. And then it always comes to this one quick comment a lot of times. And it'll tell me sometimes about their fears of maybe the government coming through on their promises. I'll ask about Social Security and I say, for many of these people, I'll say, when did you think about taking Social Security? And most of them will say immediately, as soon as I can get it. And there seems to be a fear about that. So do you mind addressing, I know the trust fund, maybe those ages when they think it might run out, 
a little bit of your uh, knowledge and experience of just the overall social security system and its solvency. Do you want to sure. ta take a stab, sure. stab so, at that? So every year, um, the, the social security and disability, the OASDI Board of Trustees comes out with a status of the trust funds. And every year I wait patiently to see what they say. Now this year it actually improved slightly. Um, we, they're expected that if nothing is done and no changes to the system that the trust funds will be depleted by 2035. So last year it was 2034 for social security. Disability got a much better um, time horizon. It increased from 2032 to 2052, largely because a lot less folks are, are applying for disability. But what I'll say about that is, of course, and I hear this all the time too, I'm afraid so I'm going to take it. You really can't operate. I understand the emotion, but from everything that I see, I mean, this is such an important system to Americans. It's not going to go away. May it change? I think that it probably will, but is it going to affect the folks that are in their 50s and 60s Probably not likely. In fact, um, what I would suggest doing is for the folks that have Facebook, I follow Social Security Administration online. They have a Facebook page. And every year, right after the trust fund report is, is put out, is released, Stephen Goss, who's the chief actu actuary, spends about an hour talking about it. And I love listening to him because he really does bring it down to a consumer level, really talk about now, what the changes me, I should are. Know this fellow. Who is this again? So he's the chief actuary for Social Security. Okay. Interesting. Um, right. I listen to him every year, and it's a very informative thing. So I would suggest that your listeners get on. It's worth the hour. Now, I will tell you they had some technical difficulties at the very beginning of the presentation, so just sort of fast forward through yeah, that. We'll, we'll get Aaron on the job yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll job him <laughs> Right. They, they had some is issues, but it's worth listening to because, you know, do I see some changes? Absolutely. Um, um, it would be political suicide, really, if they just all of a sudden did away with the system that has been around for so long. So could we see some changes? Yes. And I anticipate that there will be, but I think that they're coming down the pike for those that are further away from retirement. Okay, folks, well, you're listening to an expert in Social Security. We're going to get into the meat of this. Uh, things about when do you qualify? What about longevity risk? What is my full retirement age? How do I collect benefits while working? Uh, we're going to give you a hypothetical example. Some really good stuff coming up. So regardless of whether you're retired or thinking of retiring soon, you stay tuned. You're listening to The Worry for Retirement. I'm Tony Walker with Heather Schreiber. We'll be right back. Are you retired or retiring soon? Can you afford for your money to take a hit with the stock market being so volatile these days? Nobody can time the market, but having a retirement game plan with Tony Walker Financial gives you peace of mind and sleep insurance. Learn how to prevent losses in your retirement accounts and plan your retirement around an income you can never outlive. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com today to schedule a personal meeting with Tony to secure your hard-earned money. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. My question, how will you convince senior citizens that Social Security and Medicare need to be changed and get their vote? Well, first off, the people who are on Social Security today need to understand something slam dunk guaranteed, that program is going to be there in place for those. Those individuals that are moving towards being on Social Security, that program is going to be there for them when they arrive there. 
Uh, folks, you're listening to, that was, I think, the 2016 presidential debate. I think they had like 48 Republicans running that year, but <laughs> that was Rick Perry. Well, if you really look at that whole video, Heather, that was during a debate, and he kind of pretty much said Social Security is a Ponzi scheme. But then I think he went on to say, well, for those retired or retiring soon, you're going to be okay. So again, for those of you just joining us, folks, we're with Heather Schreiber, who is a nationally recognized Social Security expert. And uh, how, so, again, how would you address that for people listening to the show who are retired or retiring soon, the whole Social Security system in general? Yeah, I would echo that same sentiment, you know, that those folks that are looking, that are approaching retirement, I don't think they have a lot to worry about. I think certainly there will be changes down the, down the way, but it will be affecting more of those that are further away from retirement. Um, but certainly there will be changes at some point. I just don't think it's going to affect those folks. Okay, very good. So kind of moving along, we were talking at the break, and we don't want to get too much in the weeds on the whole issue of longevity, but with you and Social Security, uh, let's put this in layman's terms. People come into me here. I'll set the stage, Heather. They come into me, and they'll start mentioning break-even points. They've read about that, and, well, I'd have to live 10 years or 12 years. I'll just take it now. Help us understand these break-even points and where life expectancy fits in, not only for just one spouse, but for both spouses. Right. I think that that's a common place to start. You know, what is my break-even? Because you obviously don't want to leave money on the table. So let's define, you, you define break-even. Break-even. So how long do I have to live for it to make sense for me to file at 62, 66 versus 62 or 70 versus 66 or whatever your full retirement age? And you really have to start with longevity. How long are we reasonably expected to live? Well, if you look at Social Security Administration, they say that the average 65-year-old male is expected to live to age 84 and the average 65-year-old female expected to live to age 87. That's a good place to start. However, if you stop there and base your own your entire decision on that, you might be possibly not making the best decision for you. And the reason I say that is, particularly if you're married, you really need to look at, at break-evens or longevity from the standpoint of both of you, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's very important that you look at the, the, um, the, the benefits for the surviving spouse. So for example, if I have um, a male who is the higher wage earner and he says, gosh, I'm only gonna live until 75. Every one of my family has died by 75. So I'm going to, it makes sense mm -hmm. for him to say, I'm gonna take it now at yeah. 62, right? But if he's the higher wage earner, what we, some people don't know is when one spouse passes away, the higher benefit remains. Well, if he takes it at 62 versus possibly delaying it, he's leaving his surviving spouse with a, with a lot less guaranteed income from Social Security to live on. And so that's why I say be careful and be mindful of how, you, how much emphasis you put on um, your own longevity, especially when you're married, just because you have to really be thinking about both lives. You're trying to sustain income for both lives. And I'll give you an example I use with my clients, and you tell me if I'm on the right track or this helps. So uh, Billy Bob can take Social Security at 62, let's say it's 2000 a month. Not that we'd tell him to wait till 70, but if he waited till 70, it's 3500 a month. Right. Big difference, right? right? Right. So if what we, what we are concerned about is if Billy Bob would wait and we can structure other income, which normally we can, let that Social Security grow. If he dies, what you just said, a lot of people don't realize that his spouse is going to get whatever his benefit was. So she might be stuck with 2000 a month forever versus 3500 a month. Is that correct? Exactly. And her own benefit, let's suppose that was $1,000 a month, is going to go away. So, mm, you know, yeah. they were getting 3000 Now they're only getting the two, or she's only getting the 2000 after he's passed 
versus getting the 32 to 3500 had he waited. Now, I'm not saying that's for everyone, but it's just something to be mindful of that a lot of consumers don't quite understand. So it's important to really work with someone that can help you navigate that decision from a holistic, both live perspective. And folks, by the way, although we have one of the leading experts in the country in the studios, in the offices of Tony Walker Financial, we do have someone certified in Social Security planning, and we are here to help you make these decisions. Lisa Allercamp is very good at this. You'll, you'll get to meet Lisa tomorrow. Uh, Heather, I know this is a recorded show. We're recording the show on June 11th, 2019, and Heather's going to be doing two workshops here in Louisville, a webinar today, <laughs> uh, and then a workshop in Bowling Green tomorrow. So we appreciate your time very much, and uh, you'll get to meet uh, Lisa tomorrow. So again, let's kind of keep moving here. I know you also, I've got my notes that you wanted to cover. We've got to watch your time here, Heather. Oh, here's a good one. How in the world is my benefit determined? Um, also this 35 years of service and earnings and all that. So kind of go through just some examples of how Social Security is going to determine one's benefit. Yeah, and I won't go. For the interest of time, it's a complex formula to determine what's called your primary insurance amount. Your PIA is really when you're entitled to 100% of your benefit, which is at your full retirement age. The important thing that I want to talk about on the show is that it is based upon your highest 35 years of earnings, not last 35, highest 35 years of earnings. So where that becomes critical is for those folks that don't have 35 years of earnings. So if they have, for example, only 20 years, say they, they spend some time at home raising children and then come back to the workforce, the more they can close that gap by gaining more to get to the 35 years, the better their primary insurance amount is going to be. So let me interrupt you. So it's not, let's, that's a good uh, point. So in Kentucky, we've had some stay-at-home moms. I hate to sound stereotypical, but all of a sudden the kids are kind of grown. They go to work. It's not that if they haven't worked 35 years, they won't get Social Security. You're just saying the more they can continue to work during that 35-year period, is that correct? Yes. So, okay. so, you know, you have to have a, a roughly 10 years of work to become eligible. We won't go into that for purposes of this. But when you, once you're eligible, the more you can work. Because, for example, if you have someone who only has 20 years of, of work, they don't just use that 20 years of work to calculate your primary insurance amount. Okay. They use 20 years plus 15 zeros. Which, oh, well, I got and you. so the more someone can work, the better in terms of increasing that primary insurance amount. For someone who has 35 years, they will recalculate every single year and use the primary prior year's earnings to determine if that were places another lower year earning year. So people ask, gosh, does it make sense for me to continue to work? I've got my 35 years. And the answer is absolutely. It can definitely increase your primary insurance amount. So I just wanted to touch on that because that's an important point. Yeah. Okay. And this comes up a lot. I'm glad you're touching on this. So we have a lot of people, let's say they've been with the same company 35 years. Okay. Let's, and they've made pretty good money, never ceased working. Okay and they're 62 and they come into me and we show them how they can retire. And they're like, oh my gosh, thank you, Tony. I'm gonna to retire at 62, woohoo. And then all of a sudden, maybe through an analysis, we're gonna delay social security. And let's use the extreme example. They're gonna put off social security till 70. They're retired at 62. What happens during that eight years where they're not working from the calculation of that primary insurance amount? So if using that example, if someone is looking at an estimate of their benefits, their 62 age benefit will um, assume that they're retiring that year with that benefit, you know, assuming they're retiring that year. However, 
the benefit estimate at age 70 is going to assume that they're working at the same capacity as they did the prior year all the way up through age 70. So those benefit estimates will be off the, the farther we have out. Not too substantial? It's not too, it depends. Okay. It's okay. not going to be too substantial for someone who has 35 years of work, but they do assume on those benefit estimates, your social security statements, that, that you work up until the date of that estimate. So age 66, if that's your full retirement age, age 70. Um, if that's when you choose to retire. So, and I've noticed in your notes here, and we, we review this in our office, but why are there different full retirement ages? I know like mine based on my date of birth is 67. And is there an easy way to figure out what your quote full retirement no, age is? No, there's really no easy way okay. to do it. They well, make it confusing for a reason. Program, right? It is, I mean, exactly. It's consistent. So, I like that. Yeah, so it's important that you understand your own because not all of us have the same full retirement age. So, for example, those folks born between 1943 and 1954 have a flat age 66 as their full retirement age. But those folks that are turning 62 this year, 1957 birth dates, they're 66 and six months. So you need to understand and identify your own because it's important for things like, you know, making sure you get 100% of your primary insurance amount, which occurs at your full retirement age. Um, if you take it early and you're working, that can also be an issue. So you really need to identify your own full retirement age. And you can find all of this on Social Security's West website, socialsecurity.gov. And that leads to the next point. Let's take a quick break and come back because this whole full retirement age, I think this will be perfect because also I have a lot of people, Heather, they retire, but they don't want to totally retire and they want to draw their Social Security and go back to work, but they're not at their full retirement age. So when we come back, folks, we're going to define what is full retirement age and in terms of you working and making money, are there potential setbacks to you doing just that? You're listening to The Worry Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker with Heather Schreiber. We'll be right back. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a buyout? Has a company you work for recently moved or been acquired or closed its doors forever? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k to safer territory. Why continue to risk your hard-earned money when you don't have to? Let's meet in person today to discuss your retirement options. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your no-obligation appointment to meet with me in person. Do it today. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. And incidentally, folks, uh, Tony Walker Financial is well equipped to help you with all of your Social Security questions as they relate to your plans for retirement. We do a lot of this. We have uh, Lisa Allerkamp in the office who's uh, certified in Social Security planning. We are certainly honored to have one of the leading experts in the country here. Uh, again, not affiliated with Tony Walker whatsoever, just here to help us. And uh, you haven't tried to cash that check I wrote for I, your services. I tried you to. might want to run to the bank pretty quick. It's been a tough month. <laughs> but anyway, okay, let's, let's get into can I collect benefits while working? So here's an example I'm coming up with, Heather, in my mind. I have a person that retires. They are certain they're not going to go back to work. They're done, right? So they go and claim their Social Security at 62. Then Martha gets tired of this guy sitting home all day watching reruns of The Rifleman or Leave it to Beaver or whatever he's doing and gets him back to work. And he's ready to go back to work. And he goes and gets a great job making 50 grand a year. What happens in that instant? He's not 
at his full retirement age yet, and he's drawing Social Security. Okay, well, let's talk about, before I answer the question about Martha sending him on the road, <laughs> um, let's talk about c collecting benefits while you're working. So the first question I ask people is when they, when they say, hey, I plan, on I plan on taking my benefit early, and my very first question is, are you working? Because there's something called the Retirement Earnings Test or Earned Income Limit, and this applies to folks that decide to file for benefits before their full retirement age, which we just talked about, and continue to work at some level. And this is how it works. So I'm going to use 2019's example. So if you're anywhere before the year that you attain your full retirement age, so if you're 62 and right up to that point, if you earn more than $17,640 in that year, then Social Security says, you know what, wait a minute, you're still working. We're going to pull back $1 for every $2 over that $17,640 limit. Okay, so was it Bob? Bob, Martha, no, and Bob. I, I Bob, think, I what was it, Bob or Bob, Jim? Jim, I, I don't use, know. I use so those names Jim interchangeably. Bob. Jim so Bob. Jim Bob, he's making 50000 so now we got a problem because, theoretically, my math isn't great, but he's well over. So let's just call him $32,000 over the limit. So now that $32,000 is going to reduce his benefit by half of that, or 16000 now, depending upon what his benefit is, that might wipe it out completely. What I would say is that you always want to be proactive with Social Security if you anticipate that you might continue to work when you file, or you have a situation like that where Martha kicks him out of the house and says, go get a job, he gets a good one. You want to contact Social Security because if you continue to, to receive those benefits, it will catch up with you because Social Security will look at your prior year's earnings and then you'll get a Dear Jim Bob letter that says, guess what, we've paid you too much money. Please remit a check for $16,000 back to us. No one ever wants to get that. So my my caution is always be aware of the retirement earnings test if you plan to or will simultaneously collect benefits before full retirement age um, and, and work. Now, it gets slightly nicer once you reach the year, but before you hit the month of full retirement age, they give you a much higher figure. It's 46920 and then the excess only reduces the benefit by a third. But the point of this, the takeaway is, if you plan to work, claim benefits or go back to work, let Social Security know so that they make that, that adjustment proactively so you don't get that letter after the fact. And, that, and I didn't mean to catch you off guard with this question, but so Jim Bob realizes, man, I made a mistake. He only started Social Security six months ago and he wants to change his yeah. mind. Does he have any recourse? Yes. Yeah, so there's something called withdrawal of application. You can do it once in your lifetime. And it's for those folks that file for benefits. And for whatever reason, Jim Bob goes back to work and he says, ah, I don't want to deal with this. There is a way he can pay the benefits back. So again, contact Social Security, let them know he wants to withdraw his application. That's the term for it. And they calculate how much of the benefit or how, you know, what he owes them back. He writes a check. There's no interest for that or anything. He writes it back and it's as if he never filed at all. I would suggest certainly something like that if someone can afford to do it because then you're starting over and you don't have to deal with the earnings and all it's of that. It's as if it never happened. Exactly. So to speak. It's, a, it's as if it never happened. So in the remaining time, and I think this is key, we talk a lot in our practice about taxes. Uh, you know, we talk about taxes on 401ks, IRAs. We have in our office a tax specialist that helps coordinate with the accountants to make sure we're not doing anything goofy, whether it's a Roth conversion, blah, blah, blah. But Social Security, in their infinite wisdom, the government came up with its own tax rates for Social Security. So if you would, let's, let's delve into that a little bit. Not only the taxes, but in the planning process, what things should people consider 
regarding the taxation of your Social Security benefits. Yeah, so this is what catches a lot of consumers off guard, and this is why I said in the beginning, it is very much a holistic decision when you're looking at Social Security because you need to be looking at those other assets that you've saved for retirement, like IRAs, 401ks. What do we know about those? Well, eventually they got to come out, right? At 70 and a half, they're coming out, whether you like it or not. And most for most of us, they are pre-tax monies, which means they're tax taxable. What a lot of consumers don't understand, they think, geez, I paid into the system through payroll taxes. Now you're telling me I might have to pay taxes on a portion of my benefit when it comes out. And this is a problem that if you're not aware of it, can have a, a very detrimental effect to your entire retirement income plan if you're not anticipating that. So Social Security, in order to determine whether Social Security is taxable, um, there's something called a combined income calculation. It's essentially a function of adjusted gross income of the household plus 50% of the Social Security benefits received in the household. So if both uh, the both cup of the couple are collecting, it's 50% of that cumulative amount plus non-taxable interest, which is odd. Things like municipal bond interest that are federally tax-free are pulled back into this calculation. Once you figure out what this provisional or combined income is, then you 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 um, compare it to your your tax filing status. So, for example, for a married couple, if that figure is below $32,000, now think about it. IRA money, let's say we're 70 and a half and we're taking RMDs, that figure, including your social security is under 32,000, you're free and clear, there's no tax to your benefit. If you're somewhere between 32,000 and 44,000, as much as the 50% of the social security benefit could be subject to tax based upon your marginal income tax rates, right? So that just means 50% of that benefit is now a taxable item on your, t on your tax return. Anything above 40, 44,000 for a married couple could be as much as 85% of it could be subject to tax. If you're not thinking about that, do you think that's gonna have an effect on your overall income? Absolutely. So that's why you have to sort of look at everything. If you've got a substantial portion of your port year savings in qualified plans, um, then you know that's something we definitely need to be considering when planning. Well, Heather, I cannot believe how quickly the time has flown. So folks, we gotta wind it down. Thank you so much for being with us. It's it been, was a pleasure. It's been great. So folks, if you have any questions at all about your retirement planning, Social Security, we at Tony Walker Financial are here to help you, and we want to be there to serve your retirement needs. So give us an opportunity. Just log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Click on that Let's Get Started, and we'll make that happen soon. Join us next week for the Worry-Free Retirement, but you remember between now and then, if all else fails, you be worry-free. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.